Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top-notch sports talk you'll love. From two guys you know and love. Welcome to the Chalk Talk Podcast. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chalk Talk Podcast in conjunction with Fox Sports Wheeling. Same situation as last time, just me, Corey Klug, and I know. It's been a minute since we've talked. More like a month since we've talked. I know we're busy a lot, and I know we say that we don't intend for it to get this bad, but we really did not intend for it to get this bad in between episodes. But between Chris's ACL surgery and just the end of the year cramming together of things happening across our market and just the hustle and bustle of the holidays, the winter storm blowing through. So I had to do some updates throughout the weekend and it's just been a lot. So we did not intend for it to get this bad and we sincerely apologize that it did get this bad. Chris is up and moving a little bit more. It's just that his voice is not up to par today, so that's why he's not part of this episode. And I promise we're going to tidy this up for 2023. Things really got off the rails in terms of posting episodes in 2022. And again, we sincerely apologize for that, but got to take care of the day job first. And things got a little bit bit wacky, so we promise... To tidy it up in 2023, like I said, because definitely going to be a lot going on right here. NFL is almost done with their season. Got the college football playoffs starting up this weekend. College basketball's back and so much more. And of course, hockey's getting good about at the midpoint, midway point of the season. So we're going to clean this up. I assure you that. And we appreciate you sticking it out with us. We, appre- we appreciate each and every one of you who tune into the episodes. We hope you've been having a great holiday season with Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, we hope you've had a great holiday season so far, and we just wish you all the best in 2023. A lot of health, a lot of happiness, wealth, everything good. So really quick, before we get in, before I get into the meat of what we're going to be talking about here for the most part, just a quick little thing on the end of high school football season. Of course, in the last episode, we had three local teams standing. Or four, rather, because Bel Air and Fort Fry were going at it for the Region 23 championship. But just a handful of teams locally that were left standing in the high school football playoffs. Unfortunately, no local champions this season. We'll start right here with Steubenville. Unfortunately, falling to Cincinnati, Wyoming in the Division 4 semifinal. 32-20, the final score in that one. From what I've seen, kind of similar to Big Red's matchup with Lindsley. Big Red with a little bit of an edge early on, but then Lindsley comes back. They pull off 
pretty much the upset of the season in the game of the season, really. And it's just kind of a similar situation here with Wyoming, with Cincinnati, Wyoming. But I will say, considering the struggles that Steubenville has had recently in the postseason, like I mentioned in past episodes, considering their struggles in the postseason with having difficulty getting out of the first round or in the first couple of rounds, to see them get back into the division semifinal, love them or hate them, Steubenville got back for the most part to what they know best. Of course, with them, it's championship or bust, but taking big steps forward and getting back to that kind of a culture and you better believe they're going to be out for blood in 2023 because you know a loss like that is not going to sit well with them. Then unfortunately, we were going to lose a local team anyway in Region 23 because Bel Air and Fort Fry were going at it and Bel Air got the short end of the stick, losing 35-28. to But you talk about just the resurgence in the second half. It was not looking good for Bel Air. But then they get on the second half resurgence and everything starts to click, and they go on this lengthy playoff run, hats off to Bel Air because it's not easy to find that kind of a spark when you're down that early. It can be difficult for a lot of teams, but the way they were able to just get it right and get deep into the playoffs, that is nothing short of impressive. And, of course, Ray Ray Pettigrew getting some accolades, and All-Ohioan Jake Hetherington becoming one of the top passers in Bel Air history, so... Hats off to the Big Reds this year because they were able to make a lot happen. So then the following week, Fort Fry goes up against Kirtland, and Kirtland, the power that they are, they just smoke Fort Fry like yesterday's brisket. 41-6, to the final score in that one. So the Cadets, once again, experiencing some playoff heartbreak after a deep playoff run. You just got to wonder when they're finally going to be able to catch a break because we all know how dominant Fort Fry is can be we've seen it take shape the last couple of years and they are knocking on the door if we're getting knocking they're pounding on the door it's just a matter of that door budging open for them i mean all i gotta say is just keep at it because it's it's gonna bust open for you eventually that door is gonna swing wide open and they're going to get their chance just hasn't quite happened for them yet but hopefully it does soon because i really love what fort fry has been able to do in these last few years or so. And then you had Wheeling Central get on another deep run again, but unfortunately, well, just like they did in 2021, finishing one game short of finishing the season over on the island. They lose to James Monroe 27-7. to I mean, you would have thought with as potent of a backfield as they've had all season long that they would have been able to stand a chance and, and really give James Monroe a run for their money and once again, find themselves on Super 6 weekend. But unfortunately, not in the cards for them, but another great season for for Wheeling Central. And I expect it to continue because this is the winning culture that we've come to know and love. So a shout out there to Steubenville, Wheeling Central, Fort Fry, and Bel Air staying alive as long as they could. And congrats to all the teams here in the Valley. It's, it was a very entertaining 2022. So many storylines to go across the Ohio Valley and Can't wait for more of it in 2023. All right, so moving on here to the big boy football, the NFL. And, I mean, I tell you what, maybe it was a good thing that we were on such a long hiatus between episodes and everything because 
the Steelers really have, have figured it out for the most part. First half of the season wasn't that good. It still really wasn't looking that good by the time we had our last episode, but they have really turned it around lately, I gotta say. Now, you kind of let the game against the Bengals slip away. You were giving them a run for their money, but they pulled away late. You would have wished they would have been able to close that one out, but you win the winnable games against the Colts and the Falcons. You drop the heartbreaker in Baltimore, which Mitch Trubisky was just... I don't know what that was, but I hope I never see it again. And then, of course, you had the win over the Panthers and then the emotional win on Christmas Eve against the Raiders. Now, regardless of whether or not the tragic, untimely death of Franco Harris were to happen and again, and rest in peace to one of the greats to ever do it for the Steelers. I mean, the, the franchise's all-time leading rusher, of course, on the receiving end of the Immaculate Reception. They were going to be honoring him this weekend, retiring his number, and then you get the news that he passes away a couple of days before the ceremonies. It just it just rips your heart out. And especially since it was this close to Christmas, I can only imagine what his loved ones were going through and still going through. But whether Franco was going to be physically here or here in spirit... I just could not see the Steelers losing this game to the Raiders. Because you lose a game like that where you're honoring arguably the greatest play in NFL history and you're honoring one of the best Steelers to ever do it, you better win or you're going to have a lot of ticked off yinzers, for lack of a better word. But they did it. It was pretty ugly. For the most part, Chris Boswell struggling with his kicks. Kenny Pickett not necessarily looking the best. Just the offense as a whole, not really getting anything going in this game against the Raiders. But then for it, it, they figured it out when it mattered most. That final drive, whatever was clicking, it finally clicked. And Pickett to Pickens for the win, for the touchdown. And as, we, as we've seen the, in the last nearly 24 hours or so, it's really left the Raiders in disarray. They're benching Derek Carr for Jared Stidham, and Derek Carr is like, peace out, I'm out. Which I wish it didn't have to come to that, but he has dealt with so much crap in his time with the Raiders. And at times, never really got a good opportunity to show what he can do. I mean, there there were some seasons where you could definitely see what he's capable of, especially the one year where he was in the talk for MVP but suffers an injury late in the season. But he, but, he, but for the most part, he's had to deal with so much crap in his time with the Raiders, and whether he sticks around remains to be seen, let's be honest. So that sends the Raiders spiraling, but it keeps the Steelers very, very slim playoff hopes alive. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the picture that my wife sent me here. Yeah, the Steelers have a 2.5% chance of making the playoffs in these final two weeks of the regular season. I mean, look, you appreciate that Kenny Pickett has been able to improve over the course of the last month or so. Throwing interceptions left and right, he's cleaned that up and really came through in the clutch on Saturday. Najee Harris looking better on accounts that the offensive line is looking a lot better than they have. And the defense with T.J. Watt back, very stifling. And I'll tell you what, the only people who don't like this 
positive swing for the offense are the ones that want Matt Canada gone. Now, while the turnaround has been impressive, I still think they need to get rid of Matt Canada, and there are whispers going around now that that Matt Canada is going to be canned at the end of the season, and it's one of the worst-kept secrets in the league. So it seems like the Matt Canada haters are going to get their wish, and honestly, I am not surprised by that at all because it needed to happen. But the thing is... Even though the Steelers are still alive, like I said, a 2.5% chance of making the playoffs as we hit into this next to last week of the regular season. Forget the stars. The entire freaking solar system has to align for the Steelers to make the playoffs. So while I appreciate this newfound spark that the Steelers have been able to ignite, it's just too little too late even if you are mathematically in, because you need so much to swing into your favor in order to even stay in playoff contention for next week, let alone make the playoffs altogether. So don't don't get your hopes too high if you're a Steelers fan. It's, it, just, it just seems like too little, too late. And really just, just focus on winning these next couple of games That way, at the very least, Mike Tomlin can still say that he's never had a losing season in the NFL. So handle your business against the Ravens and the Browns these next couple of weeks. Get revenge on those two teams. And if by some fat chance you end up making the playoffs, whoop-de-frickin'-do. Not going to stand much of a chance, but whoop-de-frickin'-do if it happens. But I just don't see it happening. Speaking of the Browns, ugh. Like even even with Deshaun Watson, it's still not looking all that good. I wasn't anticipating it to look that good because Deshaun Watson hasn't played a snap in over two years, so you can expect him being meh in his first four games back. I mean, at the very least, Nick Chubb is still running for a lot of yards, but it it, it just has not gotten much better, and their defense ain't doing them very many favors either. So. I would be very surprised if Kevin Stefanski is still the coach in 2023. A lot of fans calling for his head, venting frustration, and I can understand. You thought you had something, but now you got to rebuild it. And you just got to hope that you can knock the rust off Deshaun Watson somehow. Because, yeah, you have a good running game, but if you don't improve the defense and if Deshaun Watson doesn't figure it out at some point next season... It's going to be a couple more years of misery, probably. So that's where everything stands with the local favorites here. I mean, the Browns, unfortunately, is the Browns. I hate quoting Juju Smith-Schuster in this incident, but the Browns is the Browns, at least this season. And like I said, the entire solar system has to align for the Steelers to make the playoffs. Just worry about winning these last two games. That way Tomlin can still say he's never had a losing season in the NFL. So hopefully they're able to make that happen. All right, so moving on here to college football. Of course, bowl season, very much in full swing. A lot of great games. And I'll tell you what, the rest of the bowl games down the road, you have a very high bar to set after the Kansas-Arkansas game. Tremendous stuff. Also, over the course of the hiatus, Caleb Williams of USC ended up winning the Heisman. I I still feel like it should have went to C.J. Stroud. I know he did not look good against Michigan. 
But Caleb Williams didn't look good more often than C.J. Stroud didn't look good. Maybe I'm just mad that USC couldn't pull off my dark horse prediction of them making the playoffs, but oh well. So congrats to Caleb Williams. Still a very great season for him statistically. I still think it should have been C.J. Stroud, but Caleb Williams, he put up some good numbers as well, so I can understand. But of course, the focus on Saturday will shift to the college football playoff. Finally going to be getting underway here. So you have Ohio State, who was able to stay in things, even with the loss to Michigan. They end up getting the fourth seed, and they're going up against the top seed, Georgia. TCU, the three seed, going up against Michigan, the two seed. You talk about two really tough games to pick a winner. I mean, it's it's been tight in the past, but I've, I've struggled so much with trying to pick a winner for these two games because I could see so many scenarios playing out for any one of these teams. But in the end, I do think it's going to be all chalk for the college football playoff. I'm anticipating Ohio State hanging with Georgia, and I know Georgia has not looked sharp at times this season, but it's that time of year where they really start to turn it up and you start seeing them play like the national championship team we saw last year. So I'm expecting this to be a close one, but I say Georgia gets the best of Ohio State. And then for Michigan, again, It's definitely going to be a tight one, especially since Blake Corum is going to be out. But I like what Michigan has done this season. As much as it kills me to say this, anyone who knows me knows I will take Ohio State over Michigan in that rivalry any day, any sport, anywhere. But Michigan looks good. You cannot deny that. And I I didn't think it was going to look necessarily good because they had that quarterback controversy to start the season. You have two quarterbacks, you have none. But they figured it out. They've been solid all season long. I'm anticipating TCU to give Michigan a run for their money like I anticipate Ohio State running with Georgia. I just have a hard time trusting Big 12 defenses. And the Big 12 has not necessarily fared well when a team from the conference does get into the playoff. I just, I just see the trend continuing there. So I have Georgia and Michigan in the national championship game. And I think Georgia runs it back. Stetson Bennett, I have no idea how you were in the Heisman conversation. I don't think he had Heisman-worthy numbers. But there's no denying that he's definitely a big reason why they are at this point again. I mean, the defense doesn't hurt. Defense can still knock you around a lot. But this is about that time where Georgia gels and they put it all together. And... They're able to make something good happen, and I think that will happen again as they will repeat as national champions. At least I think they will. So now we'll change our attention to hockey. And like I said, with the Steelers, probably a good thing that we were on a hiatus because the Penguins looked like they were really able to figure things out because they were on a tear. They were on a lengthy hot streak, on a lengthy win streak, I should say, but a hot streak still. They were able to figure it out special teams-wise, offense-wise, defense-wise. They were looking like the team that a lot of people were anticipating them to be. But maybe they really partied hardy during the Christmas couple of days off. Maybe too many Christmas cookies. I don't know, because they have not looked good 
these last two nights, especially Tuesday, of course, with the Islanders. I don't know what that was, but I hope I never see it again this season. But the the the, the loss last night hurts even more because you come out guns a blazing in the first period, leading four to nothing, but then choke it all away. Like what the hell? And in these last two games, they've kind of gotten back to their ways of letting up so many shots and leaving goalies out the dry, no matter who's between the pipes. So they really got to figure out a way to tighten things up right here because you got the Devils coming up tomorrow night and the Devils are no slouch. I know they were on that very lengthy winning streak and that's why they're standing in the Metro where they are, but there, there's a lot of good to this New Jersey team. And especially considering that second and sixth place in the Metro are only separated by four points. These games matter. I mean, every game, every game does, don't get me wrong, but if this is the way the wild card race and the top three race in this Metropolitan Division is going to be, then you really need to shape up here, Pens. I'm not jumping ship from my prediction. I'm sticking with it to the bitter end. I still say the Pens are going to win the Stanley Cup. But you guys are really making it hard and testing my patience. Because you're good, then you suck. You're good, then you suck. So hopefully with the uh, calendar flip to 2023 comes a lot better play. Because especially since you got to start out 2023 with the Winter Classic against Boston, who just so happens to have the best record in the league. Yeah, better shaping up and better shaping up quick. Of course, on a lower level here, another streaky team has been the Wheeling Nailers. They were on a bit of a tear before Thanksgiving, but then they end up losing six out of seven. But they've tightened up in the last couple of games. You definitely wish it wasn't the shootout that it was in Toledo, but at least they were able to prevail. And then last night's win against Reading really speaks volumes to the potential of this team. Now, of course, success is going to be tested because of call-ups. What else is new? It's the ECHL, but it's definitely going to be tested because Sean Josling up in the AHL. Taylor Gauthier, back up in the AHL. Josh Maniscalco, the ECHL All-Star Game representative for the Nailers. Congratulations to him. And for that, you get called up to the AHL. And then, of course, the changeover and the coaching staff, the assistant coach, Ryan Kuwabara, accepting the head coaching job with the Niagara Ice Dogs. So there's been a lot of shakeup in this last month or so. But even through it all, you got to love what you see out of the Nailers. Still a lot of grit, still finding ways to stay in games even when things look bleak. You hope they're able to catch some fire here and close out 2022 on a high note. Especially since tomorrow night and Saturday night, you're at home against the Royals. So hopefully they're able to end 2022 on a high note and take a hot streak into 2023. And I will say this too, Samuel Tremblay, I knew your time was coming. And you finally got it done with your first professional goal. Like Even before this goal, just sneaking peeks at his play from time to time especially when they were at home, just doing the little things and doing them successfully. It really earned a lot of my respect. And the fact that Sam was finally able to find the back of the net, kudos to you. Hopefully this is the start of something special. 
So to close things out here for this episode, Major League Baseball free agency. And starting out, not all that blockbuster-ish. Clayton Kershaw might have been moving, but he's staying with the Dodgers. Anthony Rizzo staying with the Yankees. But then I really like the pickup here of Teoscar Hernandez being traded to Seattle. And Seattle's definitely got something good going for them, especially since they were able to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time this year. So this is a good move in keeping that going. Then after Thanksgiving, you got Jose Abreu signing with the Astros. So as if the Astros can't get any stronger, they were able to do that. Then back at the start of December, you got Jacob deGrom signing a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers. I can imagine Chris was not happy with that since he's a Mets fan, but getting Justin Verlander, who has proven that he can still get it done, not too bad of a consolation, I would say. Then, of course, Trey Turner, the monster deal that he signed with the Phillies, 11 years, $300 million. Going to do wonders for the infield there. And then the Chicago Cubs making some moves, signing Cody Bellinger. You hope Jamison Tyon can find some of that magic that he had early on, some of that potential that he had during his during the early part of his career and is able to rectify things in Chicago. And then signing Dansby Swanson to a seven-year, $177 million deal. Cubs want to make a comeback, and they got some good stepping stones toward doing that. And, of course, I saved the biggest domino for last, Aaron Judge, only because... He didn't go anywhere. He's still a Yankee. And then, of course, I saved the Pirates for last because the signings of G-Man Choi and Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez. I don't hate either signing, but I'm just anticipating more misery for the Bucks. I mean, let's be real. So maybe not a deep dive in this episode into what's happening in sports, but at least the big stuff locally and everything like that just just to get back on track with things again we're gonna tidy this up in 2023 we did not intend to be on that long of a hiatus but things got crazy with my main duties chris's main duties and of course chris having surgery doing better walking around a lot better than usual than he was at the beginning i should say so i hope he's i hope he's able to come back for next week but needless to say, we're going to be t- we're going to be cleaning up here in 2023 because we don't like the way that 2022 ended. So we hope you'll stick with us. We appreciate you sticking with us, and we thank you for tuning in to the Chalk Talk podcast this week in conjunction with Fox Sports Wheeling. If you ever want to catch up on past episodes, we're on the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you listen on the free iHeartRadio app, don't forget the talkback mic. Sound off on whatever we talk about. And you could be featured on a future episode. So I'm Corey Klug. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Chalk Talk podcast. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday season. I wish all of you a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. And until next time, until 2023, keep calm and chalk on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.